Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the IFL TV podcast, proudly sponsored by Everlast. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. It's fight week once again. What's your question? Do you ever like wake up in the morning and just think, can't be bothered today? That's a good question. And I feel like these days you've got a lot of people doing positivity podcasts, right? Work ethic. You've even got people writing books like Relentless, 12 Rounds to Success, you know, yeah, get up, have a passion, yeah, right? Complete pricks, gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. The reality is everybody has days like that. You've got to be realistic. You've got to be realistic. I love what I do. There are still many days where I wake up in the morning and go, but you get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. That's what you do. And it's just, it's life. It's, we talk about having a, a great work ethic. You just know that you're going to have days like that. And you just get on with it. And I, th- I feel like there's too much. It's not, it's not about being soft and about saying, and not being compassionate. But people have bad days. Like, don't confuse that with the fact that, you know, Brutally, you might be going through something. You have bad days. You have days where you don't feel great. You have days where you think to yourself, I don't, I don't know if whether I want to do this anymore. But guess what? You go out there, you get stuck in, and tomorrow you hope for a better day. Positive mindset, absolutely. Be realistic, understand. Not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. So by asking me that question, I guess you woke up this morning feeling a little bit unmotivated, thought do I really want to go and speak to that geezer today but I do do you know why because he's going to make me some coin the boy he's going to ram in 300,000 views and IFL is going to be rocking from a Monday let's have it right that's why you're here did you wake up feeling unmotivated this morning Uh, it wasn't this morning actually it was um, Sunday morning yesterday morning just got up I don't know yeah one of them days yeah it was all right by about Nine o'clock last night it was fine. I feel like a cough. At nine o'clock it was a bad. It was a long bad day. But I just feel like the one thing that has helped me a lot, without question, has been exercise. I feel like you need to do more exercise, right? Not just because you know you're like me, always had a little battle with the weight. But I feel that it puts me in a brilliant frame of mind. If I have a run, particularly on the road, I feel so much better. And actually, I haven't had a real good run for the last two or three days. And I do feel a bit flat today. So that's on the agenda. 
If you're in a a bad mood or a bit of a negative mood away from boxing, does that affect your decision making within the sport at times? No, I'm always very good at that. Genuinely, you know, and you know, I'm not one to big myself up, but genuinely, I am very my my um, my mood never really affects my decision making process in business. And I feel like that's so important. I feel like that's quite unique in boxing because you wouldn't believe the amount of people that F and blind and put the phone. Like you'll never hear me screaming and shouting on the phone and hanging up on people. It's just not what I do. Um, Who done that to you? Loads of people. Loads, I mean, look, my old mate, probably Lou DeBella, you know, he's got a big fight this week. He's probably my favourite in terms of he will lose his shit on the phone. Like, and just, and, hang, and go mad on the phone. But I like that as well at the same time. It shows passion, but I, I never really... My dad said to me the other day, he goes, I don't know how you stomach it. A lot of these people, like, you know, him, him, like, you know, not saying any names. And um, I just said, I just, it's just business. And I'll never really let emotion get in the way of that. Like, even like someone saying about Jake Paul, I'll, I'll get so many questions now about Jake Paul. Do you like that, Jake Paul? What's he? See, he's all right. Yeah, don't mind. I, I don't really like it. I said, well, don't really matter, does it? You haven't got to be, it's not, life's not got to be that deep. You've got to start overanalyzing things and overanalyzing people. What difference do those people mean to me? Lou DeBella. Yeah, he's got no, it, like, I shouldn't, Lou shouldn't care. And by the way, I don't know why I'm bringing Lou up, but he's just, he's like, they shouldn't care about me. I'm, I've got no bearing on their enjoyment in life or even their life. I'm just some, Someone that they might have to speak to a couple of times, but don't don't overanalyze things. Life it can be much more simple than you make it sometimes. And if you're feeling sad or demotivated or your mojo's a little bit low, just say to yourself, here's some things that I'm gonna do today. So you yesterday, for example, right? And and this is easier said than done. But I would have said, All right, feel a bit I don't really feel really on it today. What are you not gonna do? I'm gonna have a run, then I'm gonna walk the dogs. Then I'm going to go and play with the kids in the garden, you know. Then I'm going to go around my old, mom, my old, mom, my old man's and my mum's for a roast dinner. Then I'm going to come back and do a bit of work, blah, blah, And at the end of the day, it's just about ticking the boxes and saying, that was a good day. We had a good day today. You can snap out of a mood very quickly. But in answer to your question, I don't really let a mood get in the way of a business decision. It might affect how I'm feeling at home or something like that. You know, sometimes you can be short with the kids. I mean, your kid's, what, two? No, just gone one, 15 months. Yeah, but it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit more different to let your mood affect that age of a child. But mine are 12 and nine, and you can lose your rag quite quickly when you're trying to get them off TikTok. So that, that can sometimes, I'm, prob- I'm probably not very good at that, to be honest with you. But in terms of business decisions... No, my mood won't really affect what, what decision I make. The reason I asked that last question is because I kind of think... Is this, is this a new podcast you've got? No, no, not yet. Right. But the, the reason why I asked this question is because I think that there's like people in boxing. Not, I know we had a little joke about the whole America hates you, which is mm. a little bit accurate, but... Oh, a little bit. Yeah. 
But I feel like people look at you and they look at kind of fights that they could make between, say, their stable or their fighters under their whatever and yours. But they think you're that much of a prick that they just can't bring themselves yes, to actually work right. with you. I think that's accurate. Yes, I think it's accurate. And it's definitely something I've worked on as I've got a little bit older. When I was not more naive, but probably a little bit more immature and still... I didn't really care, but also at the same time, I've got a job to do. Now, if the money's right and if a deal is right, generally, you'll get it over the line regardless of what you think of each other. But when it's like in the balance, there can be a situation where someone will do something to spite something they, that someone they don't like. And that has definitely happened to me in the past. Have you done that to anyone? No. I would never, ever do something that affects my business or the future of my fighter to spite another individual. And I cannot tell you how many times that has happened, particularly with, with one person or one, one business. So, but really, you have to try and work around that because there will be times where you'll want to make a fight with, with that company or that individual. So, but at the same time, Oh, sometimes I just can't help myself because I like to have fun with it. And I feel like as well, I don't want to be a fake. So I want to speak my mind and I want to be real and I want to make you laugh and make you laugh. But at the same time, I don't want it to affect a potential fight. So it's getting the mix right. And I've got a lot better at it. But there are some people that I feel that no matter what I do, they will always want to see me burn. And that makes it very difficult to ever try and resolve a relationship, to, you know, I mean, we're here. Literally, if these people that I'm talking about phone me up now, I would pick up the phone and I would think, great, let's go to work. But there, I just, I don't know what it is that I do to people that really makes them think that there is nothing more I would love to see her finished. That is genuinely what people think on a day-to-day -day basis. And when you talk about your mood, that's a sad mood. That's a terrible place to be in. Because don't worry about me. I'm, I'm irrelevant in your life. Life's about happiness. Or about me. Just laugh at me and say that he's doing his thing, whatever. But generally, there are people who wake up and go, I just, I wish he was finished. Like, how, how, do we, how do we finish her? But he's also really does give me a tingle. It does. And that, that, but that's maybe, that's maybe a character flaw for me because when I see these interviews and I read people, especially like reasonably high profile people in America talking about it, it's a bit like Oscar. That's what you notice. I never reply because I just think, go on, do it again, do it again. Jake Paul, do it again, do it again. So yeah, that's it really. Yeah, just, I mean, this is the final one of that because obviously we're going to come on to call Dina in a second. But yeah, well, if you really look back, and I've got loads of footage of you over the last sort of 12 years, and when I look back at some of this footage, I think to myself, this is like a major player in boxing, as in you, right? You're like a relatively famous boxing promoter, yeah? When you say relatively, and yeah, when, you say, quite, when you say this guy's quite a major player, I mean... Yeah. You know, the, all right, the, you are one. You are the, one. The major player. The is your word, but you are one. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to move forward, we need to agree. You are 
a major player in boxing. The, the, the major player, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. But then I look at some of these videos and I think, like... But your fault. Yeah, it is a little bit my fault, but you're like... You're dancing in cars. You're sparring in the street with me. You're sparring in the ring with your CEO of your company. But and you're, it's brilliant. But oh, it, but love it. But love it. Love it. Rather, you imagine the whole thing that you've built and I've built together, don't correct me if I'm wrong, is being unique and real. People always say to me, you know, we'll joke, you know, when I used to do interviews on Sky or whatever, you go, oh, look, it's the Sky Eddie and it's the IFL Eddie. And there's a difference between, I understand our corporate responsibilities. As a business, we run a fantastic business. But as a personality, if you like, I don't want to be a fake. So all those things, me sparring on camera with you, people can't believe that that takes place or me and Frank sparring or me dancing in the car. But isn't that what's built me, us, you, like, and I feel that when it's all said and done, at least you can look back on that sort of stuff and go, it was actually quite amusing, that geezer. You don't have to like me, but I am quite amusing and I don't want to change. I don't want to be, I don't want to lose that excitement, that fun. And you can in boxing, like you say, those mornings that you've had yesterday, I have them, all, I have them a lot. But, you don't, that's what made me what I am. It's just the, the wide, the wide boy Essex boy, just having a laugh and running with it and taking on the world. And that should never change, you know? So I think you're right. When you look back on that, you imagine you're one of these organizations in America and you're looking at your watch and you dislike me anyway, and you're watching me. Do you know what? Just talk. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about, right? Just so... What? Right here. Yeah, look, right? Yeah. That was the one... I mean, that was a few years ago. I mean, but if you saw that and you didn't like me, you would. that would infuriate you. Because, by the way... Right, so just so people know... Yeah, but... But isn't the fact that we documented that, that was you and me driving to Black. Man, Black, Blackpool, driving to Blackpool, right? Picking you up. But you've got to understand, you've got to set the scene, right? Remember, you would arrive, you'd come at the top of my road, wouldn't you, right? I'd walk up there or drive up there, 6 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, whatever it is. We'd get in the motor. You'd be asleep by the top of the road. I would drive to Blackpool myself, Five hours there, five hours back, right? Monster Munch, a couple of Starbucks stops. You'd say nothing. You were asleep the whole way. And then every now and again, you put out your camera and film something. People have to understand the day and what, what we do, what we go through. And I just think, I think they're golden clips. And I don't want to be a boring corporate messenger that sits there. And that's the great thing about running your own business is that we're responsible for what we do and say. And we act with integrity and class and we run an unbelievable business. But we decide. And we do things very, very well. But we're going to do it our way. Okay. Can we talk boxing? Yeah, we can talk boxing. Um, it's about fucking time called Dean I got a world title shot, to All be right. fair. 
Oh, it is. No, not, not really. I'm not. No, I know, I know. But go on, I'll let you talk. Well, no, I look. Joe Caldina, it's about time in terms of his ability. But this, for me, like the, one of the great things about Saturday night is, is that Joe Caldina, a, a fighter that 10 years ago I watched at York Hall in a Tri-Nations amateur event, and I said to myself, that kid is unbelievable. We must sign him. Went on, boxed in in Rio, in the Olympics, has been faultless, unbeaten, all of a sudden gets the shot. We pay up the money to bring the champion to Joe's home city, right? And you go, mate, and it's a 50-50 fight. Agar is so strong, hits very hard. And this is it for Joe. You got it in Cardiff. And what I love to hear from Joe, if you look at across social, is it's now and ever. This is it. This is it. So, and that's the great thing about sport. The great thing about life is that you've got one shot here. All your work over the years, since you were nine, 10 years old, have come to this moment. On Saturday night, you have a chance to become world champion in your home city. And this is a great feeling as a promoter to provide that opportunity. And, and it's all on Joe Caldina. Agawa is very, very good, very tough, very strong. I think this is an absolute 50-50 fight, but it's a great fight. And you can go into the night going that on Saturday, Joe could become world champion in Cardiff with Tony Sims, with us. You know, the, the young man who started his journey with us, had some ups and downs, few injuries, busted his hand. You know, maybe we could have delivered him a better fight at some point. All irrelevant. It's yours. And that's that's the great thing about boxing and live sport is that it's, it's on you and it's on you this Saturday. Bit harsh with my comment there because that kind of suggests that... Uh, it's not like... Well, no, it's about time. I didn't mean that as in such. Do you think Joe Caldina should have been more active over the last sort of four years than what he has been? Yeah, but also don't forget he was out for nearly a year with a hand injury. And it's difficult when you're in a good position to challenge for a world title. Like... I feel the only downside of Joe's career is he hasn't yet fought a real world-class super featherweight, right? He's fought some sort of fringe guys, but this is the big step up. And sometimes when you make the big step up, you're either good enough or ready for it, or you're outclassed and you're out of your depth. And either could happen. We believe it's the first. We believe he's a world-class fighter. He's going to step up and he's going to win the world title. He may just be in too deep on Saturday night. But that's the only, I think, the, the criticism. and But it's difficult. Like, we've known for a while when we sound a gower that, you know, him and Zelfa, they're, they're both there or thereabouts. Someone's going to get the shot at the world title. Now, Joe's got it. So when he boxed last time out in Liverpool in December, do you want to fight like a really tough fight? When you know Matchroom have got a gower, I'm probably going to get a world title shot. But the problem is with fighting at the level he fought at in December, for example, is there's so many different more levels between that and a Gower. So you've got to be good enough and you've got to be ready for what will be a dogfight. A Gower will make it a dogfight in there and he'll be relentless. He's tough. He's strong. Um, but Joe is a special fighter, special fighter. And if he wins this fight, he changes his life because look at, look at the division. You've got Shakur Stevenson. You've got an undisputed fight with Shakur Stevenson who is, by the way, I think pound for pound great already. But you've got defences, you've got unifications, you've got undisputed. This is massive for Joe Caldina. 
And when we look at um, the landscape of boxing right now, and we talk about young kids coming through and, and people to replace the likes of, I don't know, Kel Brook, Amir Khan, you know, Bellew, these kind of names. Joe Caldina is the guy that can become world champion and start to become a major force in the game if he's good enough. And we find out on Saturday, it's a brilliant, brilliant fight. Let's talk about um, some of the other fighters on the card. Zelfa Barrett. Yeah, really good fight. Um, Sky Nicholson also yeah. in action. A lot Dalton of Smith. Dalton Smith and a lot of good prospects as well. Um, yeah, just kind of run me through that. Yeah, so we got a big Welsh contingent fighting on the card. Wanted to make sure that we had a lot of Welsh prospects on the card as well. Callum French, another GB style. Uh, Gamal Yafai looks to return on the card as well. Dalton Smith will defend his WBC international title before he fights for the British title later this year. Sky Nicholson, who's having a fourth fight in, I think, 90 days after MSG. Big step up for her against former world champion. Zelfa Barrett uh, against Korbanov. Really, really good fight. Um, Korbanov is the European champion and Zelfa wants the winner. You know, I think that's a great fight, all British fight. Joe Caldina against Zelfa Barrett, if Joe can beat a Gower and then rolling into the main event, which is a, a brilliant fight. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of, a lot of talent on that card, but it is, you know, I know Zelfa is going to play a big part because he's a big part of the plans for the winner, whoever wins that fight. But it is about Caldina and Agawa on Saturday night and, and a massive, a massive opportunity for, for Britain to crown another world champion. It's been a shame of us. When you first started uh, promoting all those many years ago, there was a lot of shows happening in Wales, obviously, Selby, Cleverly, yeah. all these kind of guys were doing it. But there has been a gap there, isn't there? And we've needed someone in Wales to kind of uh, yeah, take the, the forefront of it. I just feel that the problem at the moment is with the shows that we're trying to do, it's a bit like um, Chris Billum Smith, you know, in Bournemouth. I'd love to go to Bournemouth and do a show there. I think it would do really well. But we need to stage a big fight, you know, and, and to do that for Chris Billum Smith, it's got to be a world title fight or it's got to be a world title final eliminator against a big name. And the same for Joe Caldina. If you look at Joe Caldina's opposition, we couldn't have gone to Cardiff with any of those names with the types of shows that we're doing. So when we bring him back to Cardiff, we do it for a world championship and, you know, we'll be packed out in there on Saturday. It's a relatively small arena in Cardiff. You had Eubank Williams there, I think was the last card, was it in February or something like that? Good little arena, be a great atmosphere. Joe's personally done half the arena himself. And um, it's a big night for Welsh boxing, a really big night. And hopefully it can be the start of many big nights in Wales. Because as you said, Selby, Gavin Rees, cleverly, of course, we've done two AJ fights there as well at the Millennium Stadium. And it's a, it's a really good fight city. Tune in if you're not going to be there. Um, right, well, the big fight you announced last week. Mm. Is it a big fight? I don't really know. Triple G and Canelo? So that? Small fry. Small fry. <laughs> Talk uh, to me the process and like the Bivol situation as well. Yeah. So Canelo fights Bivol. Um, we have the Triple G fight signed and subject to him winning, we're ready to announce the fight that night. Bivol comes in, completely upsets the odds, beats Canelo Alvarez. And we're like, okay, what are we going to do with the Triple G fight? Because it's one of the biggest fights in boxing, et cetera, et cetera. And the feeling was that it's a bigger fight now because the air of invincibility of Canelo Alvarez no longer exists. 
And I think if he beats Bivol comfortably, people give Gennady Golovkin very little chance in that fight. Now, all of a sudden, maybe he could. He had the decision to make, Canelo Alvarez, to try and rematch Dimitri Bivol or to take the contracted Triple G fight for the undisputed at super middleweight. And he decided to fight Gennady Golovkin because also I feel like it's now or never for the Canelo Triple G fight. Get that fight done and then rematch Dimitri Bivol next May. So that was the process that took place. We announced Canelo against Triple G September 17. Venue will be announced in due course. And we will plan or ha- are planning now a defense for Dimitri Bivol around the same time before moving into the rematch with Canelo Alvarez on Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's a great run of fights. I mean, if you think going back to Canelo's resume, coming off the Bivol fight to go back into the Triple G fight and then back rematching Dimitri Bivol, it's just incredible. And uh, it was, you saw from the announcement, the biggest fight in boxing, to be honest with you, right now. Um, numbers, noise, pay-per-views, gate, and, you know, some people, oh, you know, Triple G's getting a bit old, Canelo is, you know, this, that, moving up in weight. Trust me, this fight is absolutely huge and it will be an absolute thriller. No chance in a million years it goes 12 rounds. And I think that, you know, I heard from Golovkin's side, they didn't really like the fact that I said the fight won't go 12 rounds. I'm not saying Canelo Alvarez stops him. I'm saying that fight don't go 12 rounds this time. They can't stand each other. I couldn't even hardly get a, a quote out of them for, for the press release. And when I bring them together, you'll see. And the press tour will be announced shortly. Are we to assume this fight is going to happen in Las Vegas? Uh, I think it's the front runner, but we've had a lot of interest about this fight. And we'll, Outside of America? Yes. And we will make a decision in the next two weeks. So America is. <laughs> what has Bivol said about the fact that Canelo is going to uh, well fight Golovkin for the third time as opposed to fight him next in the rematch and he has to now, not has to, but will fight someone else and then they'll potentially fight. I think he's fine. I mean, look, we, we're keeping as a team one eye on better BF Joe Smith because there is a chance that Dimitri Bivol will fight the winner of that for undisputed. So we'll continue to monitor that situation as well. But... Obviously, if that's the case, then Canelo Alvarez, and he got beat, is the Canelo fight back, you know, is that as big, etc. So the Canelo Alvarez fight for Dimitri Bivol in terms of the rematch is by far financially the biggest fight out there for him. But he also does want to try and unify or become undisputed at 175. So, you know, the fight that we'd like to make is Joshua Boatze. And that's the fight we'll be pushing for September, October. I've spoken to... Joshua Boatze, I spoke to 258, I spoke to Virgil Hunter. They are happy and ready to go straight into the Dimitri Bivol fight in September, October, whenever that fight is. And I think that if, if Dimitri is going to make a voluntary defence, I think it's very likely that it'll be against Joshua Boatze. In the UK? Possibly. Possibly. Your eyes were going like that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm feeling that. Because Virgil Hunter said after the Boatsy win over Richards that he ideally he'd want one more before going it's into that. Yeah, I think, I think Virgil messaged me actually and said, just to let you know, we're ready to make the Bivol fight. Because I think timing's everything. And I think this is the time where Josh can get his shot. And I think if he doesn't take the shot now, how long do you wait? So, um, 
You know, we've also got Callum Smith, who will box on the AJ card. Um, and he'll be looking to fight. You know, he could be another option for Dimitri Bivol. He's also number one challenger for Arta better be over the WBC. So, you know, things are going to play out. But certainly the message from Boatsy's team is we'd like to fight Dimitri Bivol this autumn. Okay. Um, hypothetical. What do you think is a bigger fight from Canelo and Triple G, three, mm-hmm. and Spence and Crawford? Oh, number-wise. Well, everything. When you say everything. Well, how do you determine what is a bigger fight? All right, so if you're going to go from, yeah, okay, numbers, attention, publicity, just everything. Just a want of a fight. Canelo, Triple G, by an absolute mile. And by the way, Spence Crawford, great fight. Great fight for boxing. But anyone with a brain knows the answer to that question. Can I just ask one more question? If you were to ask a boxing fan and say, name me, hold on, name me three fights, whether they're in the UK or the US, if you're in the UK, obviously that would involve like an AJ Fury, etc. But if you were to ask them, do you think that they would put a Canelo Triple G fight ahead of wanting to see a Spence Crawford fight? Mm, Depends how hardcore they were. I think if you're a super hardcore fan... You've been waiting for Spence Crawford for a long time. But, you know, if you want to talk about media attention, if you want to talk about gate, if you want to talk about pay-per-view numbers, viewership, global reach, commercial revenue, uh, closed circuit TV, I mean, it's not even close. But I think you're right. I think if you're a super hardcore fan, you've been waiting for Spence Crawford for a long time. So you may choose that over Canelo Triple G if you're a super hardcore fan. But the man on... You know, the, the the casual fan, if you like, the ones that are going to generate the numbers. Like, if you talk about revenue generated on a fight, it's like, God knows, I mean, 10 times as big. But Spence Crawford is a brilliant fight, and I think it's right up there with Canelo Triple G, of course. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you've watched Javante Davis's knockout of uh, Rowley. I haven't seen the fight, and I hear that he was behind on one or, yeah. or it was good. I mean, Rowley said he won every round, but um, I've seen the knockout. Javante Davis is a superstar. You know, you saw the crowd there. Um, and I think he's now at the level when he talks about taking his career in his own hands, what a fighter who is generating that kind of attention will start doing is looking around the audience, thinking about the pay-per-view buyers and saying, how much am I getting and how much is in the pot? And that's why we always work on that model with our big stars where they receive the revenue for the fight and they see everything. You know, is Javonta Davis seeing the revenue that he's generating? And it's going to be really interesting now to see what he does because if I'm Javonta Davis, I want to know how much was generated at the gate. I want to know what was the pay-per-view revenue? What was the sponsorship income? What was the global TV rights? And I want to make sure it's mine. Because how much money are other people making out of Javonta Davis? And I think that he's now going to take control of his career. And obviously, if he's available, then we would love to work with him. What do you think he will do? Because I know the comments before the fight were about that situation with uh, 
Mayweather promotions, but then there was slight indication that that might not be the case that he could still remain with. I think after a fight, like when you've, I've had it before, like when you, you know, when the relationship with a fighter is stretched after the fight, it's always very pally pally. You know, like everyone's sort of high on emotion and what a great night. And yeah, we're going to stay working with you. But I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if he's out of contract. I mean, you just don't know. Um, We'll certainly be reaching out to him to find out if he is out of contract. And if he is out of contract, he should listen to everybody because there's going to be some really interesting offers out there for him. He's one of the biggest stars in the sport. I mean, I've got couple of mega fights for him that we could make instantly that I know our broadcast partner would do everything they could to try and make that happen um, but let's see let's see you know um, he's a very very exciting fighter I remember I, I was in the arena when I saw him beat Pedraza for the world title special talent um, it'd be interesting if you're in a situation where you landed Javante Davis obviously would be, wouldn't it? Be quite interesting. interesting it just would be, just be interesting because I don't know. Well, you're talking about my relationship. No, no, let's not. We're not going to talk about that. But I'm just saying it'd just be interesting. All yeah, the back, back and forth yeah, talk I anyway. Joke. If he does yeah, wound up I, with you, if he did, I joke about you know how sweet it would be. On you know, just joking about the Leonard Ellaby stuff. But it's not. Yeah, I guess that would always play into it a little bit and. Would you go above and beyond for that reason? Probably, being honest. Like at the end of the day, um, you know, we talk about emotion, not letting, getting in the way of, of a business decision, but I do have to listen to Stephen Espinosa and Leonard Ellaby slating me nonstop. I mean, like Leonard, I mean, Stephen Espinosa liking tweets all day where someone's slagging me off and it's like, so would it make me feel good to sign Javonta Davis? Well, yes, from a business perspective and from my job for DAZN, it would be a major coup for Matchroom and for DAZN to land Javonta Davis. But I have to be honest, it because of the way that people talk about me, I can't lie and tell you that that wouldn't add a little bit of sweetness to the pie. Um, and yeah. Would you have to overpay Javante Davis to what you believe that his value was? We talked about that the other day about what a fighter's worth and what you're willing to pay. When we talk about fighters being overvalued, it's difficult because it's such a dangerous sport. Fighters should get every penny they can. But commercially, as a business, we have to look at the value of a fighter in terms of subscribers or pay-per-view revenue or audience versus bums on seats and so many different elements. And... There are a lot of fighters, you know, you heard Dana White say it recently. There are a lot of fighters that are overpaid in terms of their commercial value. Javonta Davis is not one of them. Javonta Davis right now is underpaid in terms of his commercial value. So there's another level for this young man to earn. And when you talk about overpaying people, your position within the marketplace can sometimes reflect your decision. So you've got the commercial value of a fighter and you've got the value that adding that fighter can add to your business or to your brand, which is above and beyond. So I'll give you an example. For Matchroom Boxing USA to go and sign Javonta Davis, 
How much extra value does that give our position within the US market? Does it give my profile? Does it give our credibility beyond the actual value of that fighter? So when you looked at the zone coming into the US market, we had to overpay all the time because we were chasing and trying to make a position within the market and, and make big fights and sign big stars without the foothold that some had within the industry. Now we've got Canelo, we've got all these great fighters. We don't need to do that anymore. But in certain situations, and this is one of them, you have to think above the commercial value of a fighter. And this would be a massive opportunity for us if we could sign Javonta Davis. And I don't mind having a conversation with it about you. Yeah, we will be extremely aggressive if he is available to sign Javonta Davis. And he should talk to us and he should talk to everybody if he's able to, if, he's, if, he's, if his contract has expired. If it hasn't, no problem. We don't want to get involved. But if it has, he should talk to everybody because there will be some very, very interesting opportunities out there for him. A bit of a weird one. It might be a stupid question. I don't know. But how do you find out if it's if they don't state publicly or not publicly? Well, or How do you find well, out in if, that, if in that's that, the case? In that instance, yeah. he has stated publicly that that was his last fight with Mayweather Promotions. Right. So therefore, generally, you would be able, and, and in that instance, I would probably send him a DM. Quite honestly, you know, I would say. What, what, would, you, what, would, you, what would you say? How would you even word, word the, the first line of that? Something like, um, sup, Tank? No, I'd just say, Javante, look, if you are out of contract, we'd love, we'd love to, the opportunity to, to talk. That's it. You know, um, it's been done, done it plenty of times before. Or you speak to someone who represents him or someone within the team. All you really want is a conversation and he should listen to everybody, not just Matram. He should listen to top rank or whoever's going to be making the play. Um, but what an opportunity for the young... Like I say, there couldn't be a better time for him. If he is out of contract, what a time for him to land a deal. So we shall see. What did you think about the conversation that was seen on camera between Leonard Ellaby and Ryan Garcia, more specifically Ryan Garcia's comments about a fight between Tank and, uh, and Ryan Garcia. Well, Ryan Garcia was looked to be saying to Leonard Ellaby, like, kind of like, let's make this fight kind of fuck golden boy. He did say that because that's on the, on the video. Didn't you see that clip? No. I haven't seen that clip, no. I mean, look, I don't know... I know Golden Boy have got an exclusive deal with the zone. So not sure how that would play out, but um I think that Javonta Davis against Ryan Garcia is one of the biggest fights in boxing. I mean you have a huge fan base behind Ryan Garcia. You have a, now a big fan base behind Javonta Davis. It's two young, very good, very exciting lightweights or, you know, tank sometimes fluctuates it's a great fight to make and I would love to see that fight on DAZN I think you know DAZN would be extremely interested in making a huge offer for that fight and um, whether it's with us whether it's with Golden but like, whether it's with both of us I don't know but it's something that tank should really look at because he'll believe he can win that fight um What's the situation regarding Virgil Ortiz and David Avenician from a DAZN's perspective? In what respect? Is that, is that fight on? Is that happening? I believe. I, I've heard that Avenician pulled out of that fight. Okay. I don't know, by the way. That's just what I heard in the, the rumblings. But that's, on, that's a DAZN fight, yeah. 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 
Yeah. If, if it takes place, yeah. Well, I can ask you about design related stuff, surely, yeah. yeah. But I don't, when you say in respect to design, if the fight happens, it's on design. But I did hear some rumblings, I think, over the weekend that Avenisian's pulled out of that fight. Not sure if true, but yeah. Okay. Um, right, let's talk about an update with AJ and Usyk. I, I, I was expecting from your comments this fight to have been announced last week. Yeah, Time can. seems to be ticking on, so is this still the same play for the same date? Could it be potentially moved um, back? To be honest, there's a lot of people messaging me today saying, I hear that you, you're making a big announcement tomorrow about AJ. We're not. Um, we have agreed a deal with the site and the date, the date, working date of July 23rd. Um, we are, say, ready to announce. We're pretty much ready to announce. Um, when you question about will there be a delay, I mean, if there is, you're talking about two weeks and it's for no other reason other than just time and making sure that we can promote the fight in the right way. Um, the fight is happening. The fight is agreed in terms of where it will take place and both sides have agreed. Both sides have agreed the deal. Both sides have agreed everything. It's just probably taken 10 days longer than we wanted it to. Um, and without putting a date on it, all I can tell you is we're finalising the final bits literally of paperwork and, and everything is agreed. So stand by. I know you haven't said there is one, but if there was to be a delay, you're saying a couple of weeks, yeah, it could, yeah. could run into August possibly then, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Look, July 23rd, like two weeks later is August. So it's not, look, AJ's fighting twice this year. So any delay could only be a couple of weeks because we want to make sure that he's good to go in December again. So look, July 23rd, still the, you know, the working date, but if, you know, if there was a delay, it wouldn't be a major issue for, for anybody, but it's just time. You know, it's, it's a huge deal. It has taken a long time, but these deals do. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. And we're very happy with our partners. We're very happy with the deal. We're very happy with the process. And we look forward to a huge event. And you'll be hearing about it very soon. Okay. I know it's a question I ask you all the time, but you've said the Middle East is a front runner, correct? So we are assuming because of the, the track record, Saudi Arabia, etc., Is that still the case and the potential front runner for this fight? Yeah, I think um, made it pretty clear that that's uh, the likely site for the fight. And I think stand by for an announcement and uh, you'll hear all. You mentioned Callum Smith could feature on the undercard of uh, the AJ fight. Who else could feature on that uh, we're looking to try and land Lawrence Okoli a unification fight on that card um, Philip Hergovic against Zile Zhang final eliminator could land on that card and some other big fights that we're working on as well so just as I said just want to get the, the full announcement in place get the media tour underway and then uh, give you the, the unified world heavyweight championship this summer okay uh, what is the latest with Chisora and Kawanaki um as you saw, Chisora kindly put out on his social media that he'd signed his end of the deal. That was part of a potential Konaki fight and a wider uh, you know, list of, of opportunities for July the 9th. Um, Konaki we're still in talks with. Obviously, when we talk about dates, that fight is now six weeks away. So if we're going to do the Konaki fight, we really need to announce it this week. 
Um, there are a couple of other interesting fights in the pot for July 9th, but anyway, they have to be announced this week because we need to get tickets on sale. We've got a massive undercard as well planned for July 9th at the O2, and it's going to be a big night, but we need to get it announced, and that's what we'll be pushing for this week. Just my opinion, one of your kind of BC options in this, I feel is a better fight than the first fight. Yeah, yeah without... Yeah. I feel like Kanaki's a great fight. I feel like... It is a great fight, I but like, I feel like you've got a, yeah, a better yeah, option. We saw 4,000 poles come to Akoli against Sislak. Like, Kanaki would literally fill up the O2 with Polish here. The atmosphere would be incredible. And stylistically, it's an absolute war, and it's a must-win for both guys. I, I love that fight, but... Of the other two or three options we have, which I told you about earlier, which I'm not going to say because it can affect making a fight, one particularly you really like. And it is a great fight and it's another clash of two lunatics and uh, it would be a tasty build-up. Indeed. Um, Eddie, what is the situation regarding Connor Ben? Uh, how much legs is there in this Keith Furman story, rumour, etc.? Yeah. We're, we're looking, I think realistically now, Connor Ben will go sort of end of August, early September. And we're looking now at a number of opponents, um, some big, big fights for him that I'm very excited about. And Connor's phoning me every day asking me which one we have in, which, you know, which way are we going, how's that one getting on, etc. And he's he's I just told told him, stay calm. You're in a massive fight next. And that's being worked on. And all these fights, you know, we've got such a huge uh period coming up with AJ against Usyk. Um, then in September, we're looking at potentially September 3rd for, for Conor Ben's huge fight. September 10, we'll be announcing probably our Australia show quite soon. September 17 is uh, Triple G against Canelo. Then you've got Katie Taylor potentially at Croke Park as well in September. I mean, it's, it's huge. So we've got a lot of announcements to make and it's going to be a very busy summer. We'll stick with Australia. Huge fight uh, this weekend in Australia. Obviously, the undisputed fight between um, Cambosis Jr. and Devin Haney. Uh, we saw a few interesting words at a press conference yesterday, but I know you're not like involved, but you, you know how big this fight is. Yeah, it's a great fight, and I'm you know very pleased with Devin. I mean, you've got to respect Devin Haney because he had to take this deal to get the fight. He's got no promoter, really. He's got no help. His dad couldn't get in the company, a country. You know, this is something that you'd expect a promotional company to deal with in that respect. He's, you know, um, got a depleted corner. He's in George Cambos' backyard. I don't even know who the judges are, but that's why you have to respect Devin Haney because he believes that his talent will allow him to win this fight. And he looked good at the presser. Devin's very strong mentally. So all those things that I just mentioned... I don't even really see him affected, being affected by that. My worry in the fight is that Cambosis's work rate and the noise of the crowd will allow him to win and steal rounds. But I believe Devin Haney will win the fight and hopefully he can get the decision. I love George, I respect him, but obviously I'm rooting for Devin Haney. I'm surprised you didn't like, like knowing you, you didn't like nip over to Australia just to announce your Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. show in well, the wake of the media there. If we didn't have Joe Caldina fighting for the world title this week, I would have gone to Australia for this fight because I'm going to Australia in about three weeks' time to announce our first show. So it would have been a lovely little tie-in. But obviously the focus this week is on Cardiff. But I'll definitely be staying up to watch uh, Devin afterwards. Um, did you see the unveiling of the... Uh, <laughs> 
Beyonce Wilder's statue in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I did see something on that, yeah. Um, I did see something on that. We'll talk about the one that's coming in Brentwood High Street, are you, in a minute. But first of all, it's great news that Wilder was kind of saying that he's going to continue his career, etc. because there's so many good fights we made with Wilder, including a lot of your fighters as well. I mean, firstly, on the, the Brentwood statue, that's genuinely under wraps for now in terms of announcement, but we will we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But with Deontay, brilliant seeing back, brilliant. And still got so many great fighters. It's a bit like Dillian. A lot of people said to me, oh, is, is Dillian packing it in there? It's like, no, he's got some great fights. White against Wilder, what a great fight that is. You know, so many great fights with both of them and both key players to the division. And you want, you know, I know we've got Fury and we've got AJ and we've got Usyk, but you want those guys like in the mix. All of them fighting each other. So, great to see Deontay Wilder back. One of my neighbours is... Uh, Deontay Wilder? No, an MP for Brentwood. Yeah. That's how I know about that story, by the way. Or the rumoured story. Well, let's keep that under wraps. For now. Okay. Um, let's talk about Anthony Joshua again. Um, I do need to ask your opinion about Student Gate. Um, okay. A lot of people have had their opinion. <sighs> I mean, I just thought myself... If you're gonna shout it, then you gotta somehow back it. But it doesn't usually happen. But I saw a lot of stuff in the paper that it was they were shouting stuff about Tyson Fury. They really weren't. I'm sure they did at some point, but it was a bit more X-rated than that. And what was it then? I'm not gonna say what what exactly was said. But look, there was a lot of stuff that you just don't say to people. And if you're gonna say it, you got you can't expect this is not you're not on Twitter. You're shouting it to a heavyweight fighter and you're, you're shouting personal insults to him, you can't not expect any anything back. And, you know, it was, I did laugh at imagining, you know, you're a, you imagine the situation, I'm sure you've had a few beers. Yeah, why are you so-and-so, whatever. But, and then you're making your way back up to your apartment and all of a sudden AJ steams in. And says, sit down. I mean, he was not physical with anyone. He took his shoes off. I think he buzzed in. And and by the way, yeah. Not being funny, that really sums him up. He took his shoes off before he came in to give these guys a dressing get down. But look, people interpret it how they want. I spoke to him about it and, you know, he told me a few things that were said. And it's hard, isn't it? Because I guess in his position, you've got to behave in a certain way. Supposedly, but you nearly lost it with that fan, wherever that was. Tottenham, at Tottenham, wasn't it? I mean, look, once I'd seen the size of the person, I might have lost it with this person as well. But sometimes someone pushes your buttons. But if you're going to get abused, like publicly, you've got to face the consequences, haven't you? So I think it was very polite of him to take his shoes off. That's my final comment on the situation. (laughs) Eddie, uh, not a confirmed date, but. Uh, Michaela Meyer and yes. Alicia Van Gardner. I mean, that's a, a great fight. Great fight. What was, was your involvement in that? Home? I did the deal. Okay. I did the deal. I mean, it was really out of nowhere, to be honest with you. Like, we expected to fight Choi. Top rank came in with an offer. I made an offer back. They made a bigger offer. I made another offer back. They made a huge offer. And we said, yeah. Spoke to Alicia. Brian Peters, who's involved as well, Marshall Kaufman, um, Kings Boxing, and we all agreed. What an opportunity. Take the fight. She can win the fight. It's a very tough fight. Michaela Meyer's an excellent fighter, but it's massive money. 
So, and this is all stemming off the back of Taylor Serrano. It's so good. Like you've got Shields and, you know, I'm sure Marshall's making a seven figure. Every, you know, everyone's making the big money. So, um, brilliant time for women's boxing. But you'd be there wherever it is. Yeah, I, don't sure you I don't know the date yet. They were talking about doing it in England, which is a bit strange, but um, great fight. Really good fight and happy to be working with ESPN and top rank on the fight. Um, okay. Um, who was going to ask you about next? Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about Alan Babbage, actually. Mm. Um, after his uh, very entertaining fight uh, recently, you should use... Uh, Bolski again, yeah, by the way, for someone. He's a game fighter as well. Very good fighter. And, you know, maybe we'll bring him in. It's a good fight for, I don't know, Jordan Thompson, something like that. Great fight for him, maybe even on the July 9th. God, he was, he obviously had a tough fight, but um, great win from Babich. Very entertaining. Good to see him fighting someone his own size. You know, got hurt a little bit in the fight. I mean, that was really fascinating, wasn't it, at the end of the ninth round where he got chinned after the bell. I mean, I was thinking, imagine losing now after effectively a, a, fight, a shot that's coming after the bell. So Alan Babich, he wants to fight Oscar Rivas for the world title. Very tough fight. I mean, I know he called out Dave Allen as well. Um, and for me, you know, I'd like him to see him fight Oscar Rivas for the, for the Bridgeweight world title. It would be an amazing achievement if he could win that belt. Have you spoken to Dillian White recently and what's his situation at the moment? I haven't spoke to him personally, but spoke to his team. Obviously, they represent Alan Babich and Fabio Wardley and others who've got fights coming up. So, um, Joseph Parker? A little bit talking between the yeah, two. It's, it's a good fight. I mean, uh, there's other fights out there for Dillian as well. Joe, I don't know if Joseph Parker's fight, fighting Joe Joyce now. Is that just off completely? Or? That's not happening because Joe Joyce is obviously fighting on that 2nd of July card, but exactly. not against Joseph Parker as yeah, far as I'm... It was announced, the fight, wasn't it? Really I don't think it was formally announced. They had a big photo together saying this fight's done and they've signed. And, yeah. But I don't, know. I don't know if he's still fighting Joe Joyce. But yeah, Parker's always going to be in good fights against those guys. And a lot, lot of big fights out there for Dillian. He's still, still a major player. Billy Joe Saunders have you spoke to him I spoke to some of his representatives um, love to see Billy back I believe he's going to go into some kind of uh, camp away um, talked about the John Ryder fight love that fight a lot of big fights out there for Billy Joe and we'll be getting him something this week you've only got one UK show in June in June yeah which is this week um, we know you've got a big show in Texas on the 25th. Yeah, and Mexico on June 10th. July. Two shows. Two shows you'll have. In the UK shows I'm talking about. Two shows in the UK in July. Okay. Okay. um, Chocolatito. Situation. What's next, bro? Well, Estrada. Yeah, Yeah. we've reached out to Estrada's team about making... Problem is, they've all got a lot of mandatories, like... Uh, Estrada is supposed to be fighting um, Bam's brother. His name's complete, so apologies to him. WBA champion. And I would like, really, him to go straight into the Chocolatito fight. So I've reached out to Estrada's team about just going Chocolatito. Estrada, no disrespect to the belts, but are you bothered how many belts are on the line for that fight? Like You just want to see the trilogy again. So June 25th, probably the best card we've ever done to be honest, top to bottom in San Antonio and hopefully we can make Chocolatito Estrada 3. Okay, well listen. Um, Joshua Franco. 
Sorry. I did actually just whisper Franco to you. Did you? I did. Yes. I'll leave it out as if you even know. Right, if anyone can hear that. Do you know who Joshua Franco is? Of course I do, mate. Right, we'll, we'll run it back. Run it back and hear me whisper to you, Franco. Um, okay, well, have you got anything else you'd like to say? We've got two minutes. No, good. Just see you in Cardiff on Saturday. Massive night. A real old school fight. It's a British fighter going for a world title against a very good world champion and a, a big night for British boxing. So this Saturday, live on the zone. Tune in. Eddie Hearn, appreciate quite a lot of your time this Monday. 56, 57. Okay. Time to do some real work. What is your real work? What are you doing now? Um, just going to play a little bit of some few games on the phone. Eddie Hearn, thank you very much and we'll see you in Cardiff this weekend. Tune in. Thank you for listening to the IFL TV podcast, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Podcast Network.